You're listening to the Full-Time Functional Musician Podcast, Episode 5. You're listening to the Full-Time Function Musician Podcast, the number one resource for growing your function musician business. If you're a solo wedding singer, part of a 12-piece luxury show band, or anything in between, and want to learn from other successful musicians, you're in the right place. You are listening to the Full-Time Function Musician Podcast. I am your host, Jack Twiner. And oh man, I am so excited about this episode. There are some real tangible takeaways here, things that you can instantly start doing to help grow your business, which is exactly where I wanted this podcast to go. I've got a killer guest who I'll introduce in a minute, um, and we're going to hear a bit more about her story. But in the second half of the episode, we're going to focus solely on social media. Love it or hate it, it is a super powerful tool at your disposal for building your business. So we're going to deep dive into some of the strategies and tactics, some of the do's and don'ts um, that, as I said, you can start implementing straight away. I've got a giveaway announcement at the end as well. um, So make sure you stick around for that. I know it's a bit of a long one today, but it's definitely worth sticking around to the end. And I just couldn't cut anything out. Um, So anyway, that's enough from me. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Shalana Serafina. Yo, you're listening to the Full-Time Function Musician podcast. On today's episode, I'm super excited to be chatting to Shalana Serafina. Shalana is a professional Somerset-based vocalist, having trained at the highly acclaimed drama school, Rose Bruford College of Theatre and Performance in London, and the University of Arts in Philadelphia. Um, with a professional background encompassing off West End musicals, immersive cabaret and themed concerts, she now performs as a full-time wedding and private event singer specializing in acoustic hits with a popular postmodern jukebox inspired set where she sings modern songs with a jazz swing and Motown twist. Shalana, welcome to the podcast. Hello, nice to be here. Nice to see you, Jack. Yeah, so Shalana and I do actually know each other slightly as we worked together the other day. I ran a uh, a giveaway back in uh, November last year and um, to win a showreel package and Shalana was the person that won. So we shot her some videos a couple of weeks ago. But one of the interesting things that I uh, learned about you um, is that you also have a background in social media, which I thought would make you the perfect guest for the podcast today. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we will get into all of that sort of stuff in a minute though. So, but first of all, just to kick things off, um, let's go back and learn a bit about how you got started and what's brought you to where you are today. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, like a lot of people, I started very young with amateur dramatics companies. Um, I went to a dance school for 15 years from the age of three um, and realised that it wasn't actually dance that I was enjoying. It was the musicals that we put, we were putting on every year because um, I was more into the singing and the acting side of things. Um, and then, yeah, went on to do performing arts at college um, and then went on to drama school, trained a little bit in America, as you said, um, and then tried to pursue my career in acting um, because that is what I had primarily trained in. That's what I wanted to do from birth, <laughs> basically. Um, but I, it, it kind of got to a point where I... I'm such a country bumpkin at heart. I had to move back to Somerset. And I said to myself, I'm going to make this work. I know that 
being in the performance industry is what I want to do. I've wanted this for as long as I can remember. I can't envisage myself doing anything else. So I will move back to Somerset. Um, I really wanted to get onto the property ladder as well. And I thought this is the best way to do it. Move back in with mum, get a little part-time job and start earning, you know, that money is my little side hustle. Um, and yeah, so, and, and I also, I just wanted to be around the rest of Somerset, I guess, like very nice, friendly, down to earth people. And I, I felt like I wasn't quite getting that in London. <clears throat> I missed it a lot. So started toing and throwing from London for auditions and whatnot. And it got to a point where I was really struggling to take rejection. And it was hitting me quite hard mentally um, but also physically because I'd made the decision to move back to Somerset. So commuting and arranging time off of work last minute to go to London for auditions, it was it was like quite physically taxing as well. It must have uh, cost you quite a lot of money as well and in, in traveling back, back and forth to London. Well, in Somerset, we have this little thing called the Berries Coach, where basically <laughs> you can go from Somerset to London for like 30 quid return on the coach. Okay. Um, and a little lady comes around halfway through your journey with a little, uh, a little basket, a little wicker basket with snacks in it. It's very sweet. <laughs> takes, must take a long time, though. Oh gosh, it takes a long time, um, but it's the, yeah, it yeah. was the cheapest way to get to London. Um, and obviously I had a lot of friends there, so staying over was not a problem at all. Um, so, yeah, I um, couldn't quite deal with the rejection anymore. And to be an actor in the industry, you have to have a tough skin. And I was losing that. Um, so I guess one day I just was like right I I'm in Somerset now I'm quite firmly rooted here this is where I want to you know spend the rest of my life now settle down I'm happy but something's still missing the performance side of my life um how can I do that from you know Somerset from where I live um and I realized I had to kind of give myself a kick up the bum to give myself some self-confidence to be able to perform as a solo singer because I was used to doing it in musicals hidden behind the facade of a character I wasn't used to doing it as Shalana um so a new jazz bar opened in the the town that I lived in and they were looking for pianists and at the time I said I emailed them and I said I'm not a pianist but I do sing and um trained in London and the word London where I live is like oh this magical sparkly place where dreams you know happen um and yeah I sing loads I sing loads and I'm really confident and I know exactly what I'm doing so feel free to hire me and um they they did they did so I had my first gig there and I was like well I've told them that I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm really confident and I've been singing <laughs> as a solo artist for ages so I have to perform like that I almost have to put this character on of what is now Shalana Serafina so that's kind of how the singing stuff started and I realized this is enough for me like this is a performance in itself. This is acting in itself. And I'm getting to do something that I love, which is singing. 
Um, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy if this is the career route that I follow now. So that, um, how long ago is this? Because you're quite new into this new venture, so right? I started singing as a solo artist in um, 2019. Um, so I had a year, I, had a, I ended up having a residency at that jazz bar. Um, so I was kind of gaining experience all the time and realizing how much I loved it. And in 2020, I was like, right, this is going to be my year. I'm going to leave that little part-time job and I'm, I'm going to pursue this because I know that there are people out there that have residencies that are full-time wedding singers and it can be done. And then COVID happened. <laughs> And I was like, oh, well, thank the Lord I'm in employment and I can get furlough because I was seeing all my internet friends, <laughs> you know, the singers that I'd, I'd made connections with online were struggling now because they weren't getting furlough. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of had to have a real rethink during that time, during lockdown of like, well, I can't do this thing I really want to do. I need to be sensible. And that's when I thought, what other skill set do I have? Like, what could I do that isn't performing that I'll actually enjoy and can turn into a long-term career? And that's how I got into the social media management. That all kind of came around during lockdown. So it was kind of a curse and a blessing at the same time. So, I mean, uh, not to get into this too much, but how did you how did you go about getting those first jobs as, as social media without any sort of background? There? Um, so, yeah, I'll make it very quick. Um, I opened up a, a little accessories shop um, during lockdown, purely to cull my boredom. And I purely promoted my products through Instagram. That was my marketing strategy and I had time for it. Um, and a lot of my friends were seeing that I was growing this Instagram account really, really rapidly. Um, and I was thinking to myself, I actually prefer the marketing and Instagram side of things than I do the making of the products, buying in of the products, shipping out the products. Um, and one of my friends was a, she had her own marketing agency and she just approached me one day and said, Shalana, I can see what you're doing every day. And it's, it's quite, it's quite good. Um, and I'm coming to you a lot for advice about social media, but my company has now got to a point where I need a social media manager. So do you want a part-time job? And I was like, you're hiring someone that is completely self-taught with no real experience apart from what I've read in articles, YouTube videos I've watched. Like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, I want to I pay you. I want to give you a go and let's just see how it goes. Um, and without her, I wouldn't have been able to progress my career and be employed by complete strangers after that who had gone, yeah, we like your work. We think you're good at what you do. We're going to employ you. So it just took the faith of a friend really to go, you're quite good at what you're doing with your personal social media and, and your little accessory store. Let's give this a go. I mean, it is quite similar really just to being a freelance singer it's, it's a it's a freelance job still with free all the same things apply um it's a creative job still as well so i mean i'm, I'm not surprised that you kind of stepped into it quite easily mm -hmm. from there then you 
then because you weren't singing, obviously, what uh, what happened after COVID to get back into singing? Yeah, so actually, alongside this little shock, because as you might remember, Jack, we had a lot of time on our hands in 2020. I was singing. I was singing. I was doing. I was uploading a lot of videos online. I was posting my videos in a lot of Facebook groups, which got me quite a big following on Facebook at the time. Um, Some of your listeners might have heard of Rock the Lockdown. That was a really big Facebook group at the time. Um, And through stuff like that, I got approached to be on Oxford, BBC Oxford radio. Um, I signed with an agent because they'd seen me on social media. So this was the other thing. I was kind of living for social media. I was loving it because it was bringing me all of these opportunities vocally and as a musician as well. Um, And yeah, so then when I came out of lockdown, I, I had this bit more of a confidence because people had seen me through lockdown. I'd had the confidence to post videos more regularly without really caring what people thought. Um, and I was doing gigs in my garden at the time and they were being so well received. And I'd go for my my daily walk. Was it an hour that we had every day? And I'd have people stopping me in the street being like, you're the girl that sings in the garden, aren't you? And I'd be like, yeah. And, you know, these people had watched me, which was like a really cool feeling to know that every Sunday people were sitting down with a cup of tea, glass of wine and um, watching me in their garden. So I, I guess that helped me get out of my head a little bit and build a bit more confidence. So when we were able to gig again, I just kind of went for it. I emailed a load of venues. I made a show reel out of all the little videos I'd been making throughout the year. Um, asked my parents if I could have a, a road mic for Christmas that year. Um, and just tried to progress um, as much as I could whilst now doing social media as a part-time job and working in retail as a part-time job. <laughs> So essentially I had three jobs on the go at the same time, but um, sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. Exactly that. I think everyone had a a period of doing some weird stuff and jobs they wouldn't normally do maybe. And um, just like I I had to do some warehouse work during, during that time as well, which I mean, yeah, paid the bills. It was lucky I could get it. Exactly. So once you got back out and you were allowed to gig again, had you started off your wedding business then, or was that still to come? Um, it was still to come. I was still doing public gigs and it was only out of doing public gigs. And again, posting to social media that I got approached to do my first wedding. And I was like, Oh, this will be cool. Have no idea how to price it, but it will be really cool. Um, and since then, since doing my first wedding, I've always been like, yes, like this is where I want my career to go. I love weddings as it is. I mean, who doesn't free cake? But as a singer, being immersed and a part of someone's special day and everyone's so happy, they're all dressed to the nines, love is literally in the air. It's just such a fantastic feeling. Whereas public gigs are hit and miss. Sometimes they love you. Sometimes they hate you. When you've got an agent, sometimes you're in a great venue. Sometimes you're not. (laughs) Um, So I was quite certain that that was the route I wanted to go into. 
as soon as I did my first wedding. And yeah, I, I didn't search for it. I didn't put myself out there as a wedding singer. Um, it was just someone going, I like your voice. Can you sing at my wedding? And me going, don't see why not. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, kind of found you then really. Um, and it, it's kind of how I got into the video side of things as well as uh, I was doing some videos for free on the side um, uh, for my studio at the time. And then um, people started asking me to do do it more. And then here we are today. There you go. But I guess from, from you have a, a sort of a different perspective than maybe other people I've spoken to so far on the podcast is because you are fairly new to to it even like 2019 is actually quite a long time ago now isn't it but um so what <laughs> what have you I mean obviously without the COVID break in there what have you found a struggle since starting and what have you found that has worked for you I mean struggle without a doubt was working um full time so after working my retail job at my part-time job in social media I but I was trying to get onto the property ladder, which is why I was so accepting of all this work. Um, and I was trying to do it by myself. So I needed to prove that I could pay for my mortgage every month. So I had to have a lot of income <laughs> for one person. Um, and I had my sights set on this flat. And after about five, six months of it just being an absolute pain, um, everything fell through. And it was kind of like, it was meant to happen because I thought, right, I'm going to leave my retail job then because that doesn't challenge me in any way. My colleagues are so lovely, but that is the only thing that is keeping me here, the people I work with. Um, my social media job, you know, that's part time. I can keep that going. Maybe I can get some of my own social media clients on the side and I can focus more of my time on my singing. And it just so happened in that very short period of time of me leaving my retail job, I managed to get an op. I saw an opportunity for a full-time job in social media management. And I guess I went for the safe bet of, you know, let's have employment, let's have paid holiday. Um, I'm a bit scared to go self-employed with my social media and my singing right now. I'm just going to, I'm not going to take the risk. I'm, I'm going to play it safe. And this is cool that strangers that don't know me as a human want to employ me and pay actual money for me to handle their clients social media um but in doing that I struggled so much with doing a nine to five in the week and singing at the weekends and I thought I could handle it I thought it would be absolutely fine but it was exhausting and I felt like I never had a day off and I was starting to really like not not dislike the singing side, but kind of dread the idea of having to wake up early to get ready to go to a gig, you know, if it was a wedding, to then come back late and then be out for the Sunday because I just kind of hit a wall. Um, and it got to a point where I was like, right, I need to give up one, either the full-time job or the singing. I, I can't do the two um, because it was such a struggle. And yeah, that's when I went, right, this time I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to try and pursue my singing, my wedding singing full time and sack off the full time job. Um, so, yeah, I would say juggling those two things were a real struggle. And then even in that, having time to see your partner, having time to see your parents, like that was also a struggle. Um 
and like, yeah, financially now, since I've become full-time self-employed, um, a lot of my money has gone into my marketing efforts. And unfortunately, like that is <laughs> quite expensive to begin with, but you just have to have faith and trust that one day I will make this back. It's not going to be straight away. But, you know, if I book weddings from what I'm doing now, it'll all be worth it. So I think those are probably the two main struggles. But yeah, like I said, I sacked off the full-time job, so that's not a struggle anymore. <laughs> and congratulations on that, because that's a big step. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a brave move to make, and I had a chat with everyone that was close to me in my life. Um, because, you know, like I was thinking about my parents as well, and I was thinking they'll be so proud of me being in a, a job that's full-time that I can build a career in. But I'm kind of lying to myself. I'm not a hundred percent happy doing this. Um, and also working full time in social media is so different to doing it part time. You are constantly chasing metrics for four or five different accounts, including your own, because you're trying to market yourself as a singer outside of your job. Um, so I did start to fall out of love with the role when I was employed to do it full time. Um, and that helped push me towards my decision to um, pursue my singing full time. And how has that been going? What are some of the some of the positive things since leaving that job? Have you how have you found to get gigs and things like that, getting weddings booked? Yeah. So I think I've, I've definitely I don't know how I don't know why, but I've definitely gained more confidence since leaving, even though I don't really have the right to have this much confidence. Like this could all go <laughs> to pot. I might not get as many gigs as I want to get. I might not pursue my career as quickly into the wedding industry as I want to, but I'm just kind of going at it with the mindset of, no, this is going to happen. This is what I do. And that seems to be working for me. And I feel like I kind of said this to you a few months ago. I feel like in a weird way, you know, people believe in what they believe in. But I do believe like th good things have happened since I've left my full-time job. Things that have made me go, yeah, I'm on the right path because I'm getting signs um, in quotation marks. You know, like even winning your competition to get my showreel done, that was something I'd been looking at your profile. And as soon as I entered the competition, I already said to myself, well, I'm not going to win this. I don't win anything, but I'm so glad I found him because this is something I will invest in when I've got the money to later on in my career. And yeah, I'm, I'm so, so lucky that I won that competition. Um, and weird things like I've, I've now got a residency with, um, Charlton house, which is, um, part of the Montego Resorts chain in uh, Shepton Mallet. And I basically did a small artisan fair gig there at Christmas time. And again, I was just very lucky that the regional manager or international manager, because they'd flown over from New Zealand, was there to see the artisan market at that very moment and had said to the event, uh, the events manager at the hotel, who is this girl? Like, how did you find her? She needs to be on our books. And for that hotel, it's an application process. You have to apply to be on their books. 
as a recommended supplier and then they'll go through their applications and decide who they want. And he was like, no, fast tracker, she's on. So really weird things have been happening in the best way possible. And I think it's just because I'm a bit more positive and a bit more like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, 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 I've got a different mindset this time around. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this and it's going to work. That is how I'm thinking. I'm not thinking, oh, I, I hope it works. And I'm also thinking whatever happens, happens. I've got loose goals for my career, but I'm just kind of letting the universe lead me down a path and whichever way that takes me cool as long as it's in a singing <laughs> route I, I don't care how I get there um as long as I get there um so yeah things have been really good since I've left like I said it's almost like I was meant to I was meant to do it yeah I mean this has come up like quite a few times now in 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 uh with the interviews I've done about luck and you make your own luck basically it is you, you it, it does help to be like it is a little bit lucky but also you got to put yourselves in these positions to be able to take that take hold of that luck and take those opportunities and things True. so one thing i was going to ask you with that um that small artisan fair that gig that got you the residency was that like a free gig or anything or yes <laughs> so um so but yeah that's perfect though because yeah. you, sometimes you have to do those and like i know people say don't perform for um exposure of them but sometimes doing these little things do really work i think if you do it cleverly it absolutely can work i would never take anything that i think is not like now as as i guess like i don't know if this sounds stuck up but i would never take anything that's free and not on brand if that makes sense i knew i was going to be at an exclusive like a, a really posh somerset wedding venue that i would love to sing at I knew I was going to be in front of the right people. Um, and how it came about is I actually emailed them to say, I need to have a photo shoot done. And I would love to have it at your hotel. I am more than happy to pay. So let me know what your price is. However, I am a singer. So if you want to do an exchange of a free gig for the photo shoot, um, to have the space, your space as a photo shoot location, that would be great. Sent across my old rubbish vocal reel. <laughs> we won't talk about that junk. And um, yeah, they said, we like the sound of your voice. Let's do that. Don't worry about paying us. Let's do the exchange of a gig for our hotel for your photo shoot. Um, so that is what the exchange was for, really. I didn't expect anything to come out of that apart from me having the space for a day for me to bring a photographer in and take some new um, on-brand photos. So I was I was very lucky that that just came out of um, that email, that that simple email as well. But if you hadn't, yeah, if you hadn't done it, it, it wouldn't have. And nope. again, if you hadn't entered the competition, you wouldn't have got that. It's like you have to put yourself out there to get to get that luck. Absolutely. And yeah, again, take those opportunities when they come. Just a quick break for an advert. Top musicians use Gigio to manage their bookings and admin. It's an easy to use web-based software that takes care of your inquiries, contracts, invoices, payments, and reports. It generates professional PDF contracts in seconds and allows your client to agree them quickly online and conveniently. It will even automatically update the diary on your phone. 
Read what other top musicians say about Gigio right now and take a free 30-day trial at getgigio.com. That's G-E-T-G-I-G-G-I-O.com. So let's move on to the social media side of things a little bit. Yes. Then. Um, first questions. Is it mainly just Instagram you use or is it all of them? Is Facebook even worth using anymore? That's the big question I get asked a lot. Is Facebook dead or not? No. So over my career, I have worked on all the platforms. Um, I've worked on LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Um, And personally, for me now as a singer, um, I focus my attention more so on Instagram and Facebook. Um, going back to your question about is Facebook dead? Absolutely not. If you use it correctly. So I am very much an Instagram girly. I feel like I understand the the algorithms a bit more. I'm often reading articles on Instagram. I'm more interested in that platform. So I guess that's where a lot of my efforts naturally go. However, every time I post a video into a Facebook group, 99.9% of the time, I will get a booking through that. And I'm smiling because I don't do it enough. I don't do it enough and I'm stupid because I should be. That is where I get most of my inquiries. So if you've got a Facebook page um, and you're just posting out your services a lot of your audience are probably going to be your friends and family. So, okay, they might share and they might share and there might be a bit of a snowball effect and you might get work out of that. But putting yourself in front of the right audiences is what's important on Facebook. And there are so many wedding groups on Facebook, 2025 brides, Southwest brides, uh, weddings in Bristol. Um, there's so many groups. So if you find specific groups that are relevant to your niche and where your target market might be, and you start posting your content there, you are more likely to be seen by your ideal customer. Um, And I find like, I don't know about you, but I find as a millennial, I spend more time on Instagram. Um, In terms of wedding, the wedding industry and people getting married, a lot of people our age are still on Facebook for the groups because they can chat to each other and say, guys, I'm freaking out. I haven't got a hairstylist. What did you do two days before? You know, like they're they're asking each other questions and it's a really nice safe space and community for them. So to be involved in that is perfect as a brand. Yeah, a few points back to that, actually. So I use uh, Facebook for to be in groups, to be in um, groups to do with like filming and business and stuff like that, where again, you can talk to people, learn stuff. I have I have announced it already on this podcast, I think, although it might not be out yet, um, that I have started a group to go along with this podcast, the full-time function musician community, where I'm hoping we can build a bit of a community where people can help each other and share things. So please go and join that. Um, but also back to the other groups. Yeah. Um, I also do post in those, but you kind of, I feel like you have to be careful in, in, in a lot of them because 
there are rules as well, right? You can't, they, they don't let you, well, some do, some don't, they don't let you spam. You can't just like chuck up an advert or you'll get removed or blocked or, or something like that. So make sure you're careful with those, I guess. Definitely read the rules. Yeah. And every group is different with their rules. Some people or some groups like you to post directly to their group, not repost something that's already on your page into the group. Um, Often as well, like if you find that a bride or a groom has a question in one of these groups that you can genuinely answer, feel free to answer those because the likelihood is if you've answered it in a really friendly, genuine way, they might click on your profile and be like, oh, she's a singer. Um, So there's also ways to to promote yourself without being too pushy. Um, But then, you know, saying that uh, Facebook works for me. Instagram works for others. TikTok works for others. Um, So it is just, I would say, about posting over all of your platforms, finding out which one gives you the best success rate, and then focusing on that. Okay, yeah, that's good advice. So Instagram is your main platform, right? Um, Yeah. So let's focus on that one a little bit then let's let's go back to basics where where what should you what would be the first Mm -hmm. few things that you should start doing if you want to start growing your instagram account so again this probably isn't advice that people want to hear but things are different for everyone um and what might work for me might not work for you and vice versa um but you kind of have to treat your instagram page as a portfolio it's a shop window it's a digital shop window for people particularly instagram which is very aesthetically like it's aesthetic heavy whereas facebook isn't it's just kind of getting information out there um instagram is a pretty place should we say people like to look at videos and pictures um so making your Instagram page look cohesive and aesthetically pleasing is helpful for people to see a video, go, oh, she's good, he's good. Click on your profile and press that follow button. If your page looks a bit messy, if you've got something where, you know, you went on holiday last month and then what you ate for dinner yesterday and then now you've got a singing video it might just be a bit confusing for potential followers and your potential ideal clients which is exactly why last month or this month I separated my Instagram page um, into Shalana Serafina weddings and just Shalana Serafina so that on my normal on my on my old account should we say I could just post when I went on holiday and not really worry about it too much. Um, and on my wedding account, it is now very specific to what I would do at weddings. I can post about weddings without my audience being like, I don't want to see stuff like this. I don't, I'm not getting married. I'm just here to see you sing. Um, so to separate and niche down, um, I would say is, is quite important important obviously if you've got a personal profile and you've got a really big following on it maybe consider starting afresh and focusing on just the music if you want to keep that following and you don't want to start from scratch because i guess it's all well being good like having a thousand followers but if they're not the right followers that aren't ever going to book you that's kind of completely pointless right exactly and i found like on my my 
I, I guess it's a personal page. A lot of musicians were following me and that's great. It's great to connect to musicians, but unless you're getting married, you're not my ideal client. Um, so that is why. And I had some lovely advice from some wedding singers um, that I'd met online, um, internet friends, um, who had said, you know, separate it. Um, and I thought, yeah, you, you're right. I need to, I need to do that. Also to not annoy my current followers on my personal page who are just there for the music. They don't care about the wedding stuff. Um, and I, and you know, I, I explicitly say probably every couple of weeks, this is my wedding account. So if anyone wants to go and follow it or just see some more love songs, then feel free to pop over there. And then I can do, you know, weird stuff on my, my personal Instagram that isn't quite relevant to weddings, like mashups and stuff that you probably, stuff that I'm not promoting as a wedding singer, stuff that I just enjoy singing. Um, so yeah, um, I would definitely say, try and try and separate the two, be, be brave enough to do it. It's okay to start from scratch as well. In fact, you're probably, it's probably good to start from scratch because the algorithm knows where to start. So obviously speaking from experience, if you're in the wedding industry, I would say you need to train the algorithm to put you in front of the right people. So in my case, I would follow a lot of wedding related accounts. I would like a lot of wedding related content. I would post a lot of wedding related content. Um, I would put the word wedding in my bio, in my captions, um, and link everything up so that the algorithm knows what I want to see and the type of people I want to be put in front of. Um, if I'm liking on my business page images of cats or um, people cooking meals, the algorithm isn't going to quite know where to place me because I'm liking a bit of anything. So do that on your personal page by all means, but on your business page, make sure you, you keep everything relevant to your industry because it will just be easier to get yourself out there. Yeah. I think that, um, maybe this is a bit broad for this subject, but also it's, it's really good to have like quite a specific niche as a business. And this is to, like for any business, really, I think a lot of people and, and and me myself as well, when I was starting my first um, studio business, I was again, yeah, it's, it is specific as, as it's recording, but I could be working with a jazz band or a punk band or like, uh, or a, a cover band or whatever. This, I, ha this, I wasn't specific enough. So it's when I moved over to this business where I've really honed in on working specifically with function bands mm -hmm. that it's like it's gone so much better okay. um and I think people can do that as you have done with just just focusing on weddings mm -hmm. it's it's much easier to be able to find the audience and uh make this work if if you're if you're in a niche basically. absolutely so much easier just going back to your how to gain followers a uh, following as well one thing I will say, which I think a lot of people forget, is social media is a that they're social platforms. So you have to be engaging. Don't post and ghost. Don't just post a really amazing reel and hope for the best. You have to be liking other people's posts, engaging with other people's posts. And when I say other people, I mean your ideal clientele, your target market. Um, 
and not with comments like, I've just posted a video, go and watch it on my page. Like, again, as a go, like going back to the Facebook stuff, genuine comments that aren't pushy, aren't salesy, that might make people go, oh, don't know who this person is, but that was a really, really constructive answer to my query being Uh, genuinely helpful exactly i'm going to click on their profile oh they're a wedding singer well that's funny i'm getting married this year so i'll give them a follow um and you know even if even if you're not within their budget or um you don't live in the right catchment area for them you just don't know what could come out of that person following you um you know that's another person to recommend you to other people if they like what you do. Um, So yeah, don't forget to engage um, on social media, be social. Yeah, I I, I definitely find that hard. And I don't, I don't do it, I think enough, like it's how because yeah, you don't again, you don't want to be salesy. Um, And I guess people don't ask as many questions on instagram as they may do on facebook i find this definitely works better on facebook Mm -hmm. to to like be able to genuinely help someone with an answer um engaging is time consuming as well that's why a lot of people don't do it because they're like all i have time for is to make the post and post it i don't have time to be sat there talking to people (laughs) so i get it um okay so is this i mean you might not know the answer maybe this is too broad but is there a, a difference in reached you've found with doing uh, reels versus a post um i think that's the only two you can do isn't it and a carousel or, or stories and a carousel yeah. is that just that's just photos right so carousel is where you have like a slideshow of multiple pictures yeah and then you have your single post where it's just one picture and then you have your reels um so again it is different for different accounts and Thankfully, being a social media manager and working on lots of different accounts, I have learned this, that there's no one kind of list of ingredients to to make the perfect recipe at all. Um, So again, on my personal account, when I was posting a bit of everything, if I posted singing covers as a carousel, they would always get double the amount of likes than if I posted it as a reel, always. And I think that has to do with the fact that reels should be short and snappy. Mm -hmm. And if I'm posting a one minute video, it, it, people's attention spans might drop off within the first 10 seconds. And that tells the, the algorithm that my video isn't worth watching to the end. Um, whereas if I do a carousel, people are watching the first slide and then they're using an action to swipe across to hear the rest of the song. Um, and that tells Instagram, oh, this person's engaging with this post. They're not just swiping past it. They're actually using their finger to swipe across to the next slide to hear the rest of the song. So for me, that worked really well. Now I've started my wedding singing account everyone like my singing videos are the worst performing videos because people I think are finding me now because I'm posting a lot of wedding tips and tricks and advice and those videos are doing really well and then I'll post a singing video because that's what I do and they're not performing as well but this week I have posted one video as a reel and I decided to put informative text 
on top of the reel and, and tried to relate the lyrics that I was singing to the advice that I was giving. Um, and that has been my best performing singing video since I started my new page, whatever, three, four weeks ago. Um, so yeah, it, it really depends. Again, I would say you need to experiment, experiment with different forms, experiment with different lengths and see what works best for you. But if you go to your explore page on Instagram, so the little spyglass at the bottom, you'll see most of the posts that are promoted on your explore page will be reels and carousels. Very rarely will it be single posts. Um, and that's not to say don't ever post a single post, but if you can avoid it, if you can post a carousel that will make people swipe across and use their finger to do something on Instagram, they will reward you for that. Um, so I would say, yeah, it, it, I'm not saying don't post a single post, but if you can avoid posting single posts all the time or making that your main type of content i i would avoid doing that yeah i mean it sounds like you should just be doing a little bit of everything absolutely um, i actually didn't know about those carousel things um ah. uh, but i'm definitely going to give that a try now mm-hmm. one other thing i was i was wondering as well because um and maybe this is uh, key to our the whole industry we kind of work in but i've always been told like if you're uploading a reel it's going to get way better reach if you add music on um, but obviously, if we're uploading a video of yourself singing, I'm uploading a video of a, of someone I've worked with exactly. singing. And you can't add music over the top of it because it's going to ruin it. So does that kill the reach there? Um, if you upload a video with trending sounds, so that's where you have like a tiny little... When, when you're scrolling through Instagram, looking at Reels, at the bottom, it will have the music that that person has used. And if there's a little arrow pointing upwards at the bottom of the video, that means that sound is trending. So if you use a trending sound, you're more likely to be picked up and pushed out further by Instagram. Gosh, it suddenly got very bright in here. Sorry about that. We're we're waiting for curtains. Um, And... Even with that, you can't just slap any old trending sound on. I would always say try and use a, a trending sound that has low uses, like a thousand to two thousand uses. Um, some people just think they can use any old trending sound with a million uses, and and you know that's it. Their reel will go viral. So with music, I'd say if you have to put a trending sound on, do that. With In terms of like not wanting to use trending sound, obviously, like you you just said, sometimes there will be occasions where we have our own stuff that we want to put out. So putting a trending sound on it is going to absolutely ruin it. Um, But in that case, I I would say experiment again with different formats. Um, Maybe split your reel into shorter segments, make a part one, two, and three so that they're shorter, just so that even though you've eliminated the trending sound aspect, you're still working with the algorithm to upload short, and in your case, high quality videos. Uh, Do you you have a good like uh, time? Like what is it? Is it like 10 seconds, 15, 20, something like that? It's five to 10. (laughs) 
Five to ten, is it? Okay. Everything I upload is like oh, way I know, longer than that. I know. And but the the good thing about your stuff though, Jack, is that it's high quality. So you've already got that visual aspect that people are going to want to watch. And you shoot from different angles. There are, you know, transitions that you do in post so that it's not just someone sat in the same position for an entire minute. That's where I feel my videos always flop if I upload them as a reel because people are bored. Like they've, they've, they've heard the first part of the song. They get it. You can sing. The song's nice. Okay. They don't need to watch the rest of it next. Um, but with your videos, there is a higher quality visual element to it. So I don't think it's as much of an issue, but I would say, yeah, experiment with it, uploading them as short snippets, almost like teaser trailers um, and carousels, try, try carousels. Um, but also what I've noticed recently, and I know you'll be in the, exactly the same boat as me in this, talking, talk, yeah. showing up, showing your face on your reels and talking really working at the moment with TikTok as well. So if you want to post a longer reel, talking for a minute and a half and doing a story time about something that's relevant to your industry, um, you know, make sure you edit it quickly so that there's not a lot of ums, ahs and mm, pauses. Um, those types of reels are getting around really quickly and performing really well. And I guess it's just because people are showing that human aspect of them. Um, and like you, I know you've done a couple of talking reels um, or videos for your page and you said they've performed really well. And that's because... Yeah, way better than uh, uh, work videos. But you're selling... Okay, you're selling your service, but you are the person behind the service. You're essentially selling yourself. If I think, oh, he doesn't seem like a very friendly person and I'm terrified about being in front of a camera, I'm not going to book with you. But because you come across as very welcoming, very approachable, very friendly, you give that persona of you can come for your shoot day and everything's going to be okay. It will be chill. It will be calm. Um, you know, and same same with the wedding singing if the tables were turned, I'm probably not going to hire a wedding singer that seems like an absolute diva. But if someone seems genuine and down to earth, I'm going to be like, well, you'll probably fit in with my day really beautifully. So, um, yeah, I'm going to hire you based on your personality as, as well as your voice. You know, there are so many good singers out there, but what sets you apart? Um, so as much as you're going to hate me saying this, putting yourself out there, talking, um, showing your personality is really important. And with talking videos, you can get away with having longer reels. Yeah. Talking to the camera is definitely one thing I'm working on at the minute, but, um, it's taken me, it's taken so much of my energy to get this podcast going that I can't focus on that at the minute. So that is my goal yeah. for later in the year, but back to like, yeah, uploading my work videos is even though they don't really get that much, um, reach or that many likes or anything are still good for them to be on there because when Absolutely. people find my profile they can go back and look at through my work so it's still there as that portfolio side of it exactly like i said it's still your portfolio and and that's the thing i'm struggling with at the moment with my singing 
Instagram account now, my wedding singing Instagram account, people are not fussed about the singing aspect, but I have to post those videos because that is what I do. So it's just finding creative ways to post your work and make it engaging, but also you shouldn't be selling 20% of your, your social media postage should be promo. The rest of it should be educational or entertaining or engaging. Um, and then, you know, you have your highlights at the top of your Instagram page. That's, that's also your portfolio. That's where people can find stuff quickly. Um, you know, in your case, whatever videos, shot in 2024 or i don't you you could break them up uh, that, that's been on my to-do list for so long uh, to do my highlights but i still haven't done it but um yeah that's um so again okay, and on to stories then what's sort of the best um strategy with stories um i would say post every single day even if it's just one post post every single day so if you're posting a story and it's it's relevant to your your page not only are you showing up because sometimes making a full-on post with a caption and hashtags and all of that stuff can be time consuming but you know it for example for you just posting a picture of the studio which I know you do most days when when you have someone in you'll you'll post a picture of who you've been shooting that day something like that just shows that oh yeah this person still exists and people that are keeping an eye on you like I was because I knew I wanted to hire you and and book your services it just reminds your ideal customer that you exist um that's why posting is good also uh, that's why posting to stories is good also if someone engages with your story now i have to try and explain this very concisely (laughs) If, if someone replies or interacts with your story by sending you a dm Um, and you reply to that, it tells the Instagram algorithm, oh, those two people are friends. So when you post to your grid, when you post an actual physical post to your grid, it will show that post to all the people that you've been interacting with, whether it's through DMs, whether it's because you've had a conversation in someone's comments, whether it's, um, yeah, because they've been liking your stuff regularly they will show that image to, or that video to those people. So the more people you have conversations with, it all goes back to engaging. The more people it's going to push that video out to. And the more engagement you get within the first hour of posting, that tells the algorithm, oh, this this post must be good then. We'll push it out to further people. Um, so that's another reason why posting stories are good. If you find that you're getting to day nine and your stories aren't reaching the same kind of audience as they were, I would always recommend to have a 24 hour break and that kind of refreshes things. Um, so it's okay to take a day off to refresh things, but I would say if you can post a story once a day, and that is a perfect way as well to show a bit more of your personality if you want your page to be strictly professional that is a good way to show people the human side behind your business um so even if it's as as mundane as you know this is 
what my lunch looks like today. It's a busy one. So I've only got a chocolate bar. Like, you know, that, that shows your personality that shows that you're busy for one. Um, and yeah, so, so I would always say, just try, try, try not to think too much about stories either. Just post whatever they're only up for 24 hours. Um, but try and show human side on them. So posting stories every day is there an an optimal amount to post as in if you would if you let's so we've got reels and carousels and posts we're going to do a a mixture of all of them and we're going to do stories is there a good amount we should do a week for the other for the other three things i'm trying to do uh monday wednesday and friday at the minute um yes i don't I, I, i just can't do every day but every day no if you can do every day you are a wizard and I applaud you. <laughs> but um, I would say if you could do a minimum of three times a week, again, like you said, space those days out um, like you're doing. It's just keeping your face in front of people. And also, like, you need to convince people that they should part with their money because you are absolutely worth it. So the more they keep seeing your stuff, the more they keep seeing you the more they're likely to go, do you know what? I keep seeing this guy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to book now. It's payday. I'm going to book. So I would say three times a week is great. If you can't, like, don't burn yourself out. If you can only post once a week, then only post once a week. I would say if you're self-employed and you have the time to set aside one day a month for content planning, you're on to a winner. Have a notes app in your phone where you just constantly write down content ideas. Um, if you're, if you know anything about Canva, there is a cool way to like plan your grid in advance. That's exactly what I do. I have a month worth of content. I already know what's coming out over the next month visually. I haven't written captions yet, but if you have the time to write captions as well, go for it. Then you're not panicking on the day like, oh God, it's a Wednesday. I need to post something. What do I do? Don't get yourself overworked with it. Yes, it's a great marketing strategy, but there are other ways you can market yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you've missed a Wednesday or or you can't post three times a week. You can only commit to one. That's fine. As long as you're still getting yourself out there in a sense. Um, and there is a way as well. If you look on your profile insights, you can see the days that your audience are most online. And that is a good way to indicate which days you should be posting. Um, so if you can post on those days and there's a ske- there's a scheduling tool on Instagram now, there's a scheduling tool for Facebook, there's a scheduling tool for most social media platforms. So if you're going on holiday, don't feel you have to still be on it, schedule those posts. Um, I wouldn't recommend scheduling all the time because I do feel like it ruins engagement to an extent, especially reels. Reels drop in engagement if you schedule them. So I would always try to post them in real time. But yeah, if, if you've got a holiday or something that requires your attention don't be distracted by your instagram page just schedule it it'll be fine um so you mentioned captions there 
I've started, well, I did start to use chat G, chat GTP, GPT, whatever it GPT. is, to, um, to start to write some. And, uh, and I think that worked for a little while, but I think I've heard bad things about that more recently. So yeah. Do you have any opinion on that? You've got to be really clever with chat GPT. So I would say if you're using it for ease, fine. Just be very, very specific about what you want the caption to say read it, make sure that all your keywords are in there. So for example, my keywords would be wedding, singer, Somerset. So I would make sure that I have those three words in almost all of my posts. Um, read it through because I think ChatGPT um, Americanizes words. So there are Zs in places there shouldn't be, and it's really obvious when someone's written a caption by Chat GPT if there's a word like realized and there's a said in it. Um, so double check that. Never use hashtags recommended by Chat GPT because they're always rubbish. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's 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 not the end of the world if you have to use that as as a quick fix to getting captions out there just make sure you're really really specific with your specific with your yeah. prompts um so yeah i've got a couple more questions i know we're running a little bit long now but um i think yeah lastly uh hashtags what sort of is a good hashtag strategy because i've heard so many different things you should be using 30 you should be using 20 you should be using two exactly Again, this is a find out what works for you situation. And I can vouch for that because like I said, I've worked with many different clients at the same time and I've used different strategies and they've all worked. So again, this is a personal to you type situation that really is trial and error. For me personally, I only put five to six hashtags on my reels. They're always relevant to the caption they're always relevant to the video and they're always relevant to my bio what's written in my bio um again that just helps the instagram algorithm know exactly where this post should be going who needs to see this um and we haven't talked about much about tiktok but it's very much of the same in that sense um so I often put a few more hashtags if I'm doing carousel posts or single posts, probably around the 10 to 15 mark. And there is so much conflicting advice out there. Like people will say, oh, no, no, you can't use hashtags anymore. Or you can only use three. Well, why are hashtags still an option then? Why are 30 hashtags still an option if we should only be using three? So I say, yeah, just experiment with them. The only thing I would say about hashtags is if you can do hashtag research because do it using hashtags that have millions and millions of uses, your, your posts will be lost. They'll be lost on the explore page unless you're very, very lucky and it gets picked up. It will be lost. Don't use hashtags that have a hundred uses because again, no one's really, that's too niche. You're not really going to be found there. Um, I would always say use one hashtag if you want to that's in the millions and use one hashtag if you want to that has 100, 200 uses. But always try and aim for hashtags that are around the five to 600,000 
K, like usage, mark. And that finding those takes time. Um, but again, get your notes app open on your phone and just create three separate hashtag sets with those hashtags in them. Um, and you can just copy and paste every third post. Once you've done it, the work's done. Yeah, I need to get, I, I haven't done that. I've just kind of doing willy nilly and that's why they don't go anywhere, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, actually back to TikTok slightly. I know we haven't talked about that a lot and that's probably mainly because I don't use it at all. I don't, it's not. It's just I'm, another thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just I, another thing to be posting. Yeah. Um, but I, the one thing I have heard about it is that you shouldn't just reuse your Instagram um content on there it needs to be different and vice versa i guess yeah i mean some people say that i mean some people have reels that go viral on instagram and then they post it to tiktok and it goes viral on tiktok so again i don't think there's a set rule all i would say is if you post something to tiktok and you download it to your phone and then you post it to instagram that is a big no no because you will have the TikTok watermark on your video and Instagram knows that and they'll be like, why on earth would I want to promote my competitor? So it will not push your reels further afield. Um, so always try to make videos for Instagram and TikTok separately so that the watermarks don't cross over because why on earth would they want to promote their competitor? It makes sense. And I see so many people do it and I'm like, oh, this is a really, really good video. But I can see why it hasn't been pushed further afield because you've got that watermark on it. Um, so, yeah, always try and avoid that. But I think cross-posting is fine. And again, um, when I talk more on TikTok, those types of videos seem to do better than when I'm singing. So maybe that's a way to build your following and then post more of your singing videos. Um, you know, ch change it up once you've got, once you've built that audience um, and, and make things relevant to your career. So I posted a talking video to TikTok and Instagram actually. Um, and it was about how I fell off the stage once when I was three or whatever age. And then I was about to go back on that stage at Christmas time. Um, so I linked it all to performance in a, in a sense, but I made it quite comical. Um, and I hadn't posted to TikTok for ages, but that got something silly, like 150 likes within hours of posting. Um, so yeah, I think you can, you can get away with being a bit less polished on TikTok as well. Like I said, Instagram is very much about aesthetics, whereas I think TikTok is more about the content. No one will look at your feed and go, oh, that doesn't look pretty. I won't press follow. They'll go, oh, that was really funny. Or she's got a great voice or I love his videos. I'll press follow. Yeah. So like the last question then um, is, and quite relevant to you because you were the person that won the giveaway but i've since that well it was my wife that told me about this actually <laughs> but running competitions like giveaways and stuff where you have to like comment share um which worked really well got loads of new followers loads of new engagement and stuff but then well she believes after that after a little while after that your it, your engagement goes way down again and i have kind of noticed that now i think like um so before i was reaching maybe close to a thousand people I'm now down to like four or 500, 
but I was up to like 6,000 just after. Mm. I don't think that has a lot to do with posting the competition. I don't think posting a giveaway is a bad thing at all. In fact, I think it's a good thing if it's done correctly. You will have a lot of people that have fake accounts that are purely for entering competitions. So they will enter everything they see. They will type in that search bar UK competition and they will enter everything. So in that sense, especially if you're selling products, you're not really gaining your ideal follower there. However, with your competition, of course you were gaining your ideal follower because you wouldn't enter unless you knew there was a possibility of winning and being stood in front of a camera and having to sing. So, you know, <clears throat> I think the way you did it was perfect. Some people say tagging people is against the algorithm, but it's not at all. It just makes your engagement, it, it spikes your engagement. People are seeing your page a lot more when they're being told to tag, when you're telling them to share to their stories. You're getting a, a, a larger influx of people looking at your page. So I don't know if necessarily like engagement drops. You just have to find a way to keep that momentum up there. Right, I've got all this, this, this influx of new followers now. What can I be doing to... Uh, serve them, I suppose. And a good way to figure that out, again, stories, post polls onto your stories. What do you guys want to see? What questions do you have from for me? Turn those into videos. Um, so yeah, it, uh, uh, personally, I think there are ways that competitions can be detrimental. I think if it's done correctly, you're fine and you just have to keep up that momentum. That's the only thing. Um, and I think, you know, quality of posts as well and, and what you're posting is, is so important. And I, I'm guilty for saying, oh, the algorithm's changed and now my engagement's dropped. And actually, I've not really gone, actually, how can I look at my content and see what I can be doing better to bring that back up? Um, or to be serving my new audience. I think if you had gained, if you had gained a weird, unspecific audience through that giveaway, I would have been like, mm, yeah, Jack, that that probably wasn't the best idea. But you wouldn't have, because who, everyone that would applied would have applied for that competition would have been a vocalist or music, a musician. No, it de it definitely did work how I wanted it. As um, yeah. I um and I've definitely got a lot more people interacting with like my stories and stuff now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I've learned so much today. So thank you so much for coming on. I feel like there's probably loads more we could discuss, but as I said, it's getting a little bit on the long side now. I know I want to respect your time as well. Um, so lastly, then, just uh, if people wanted to connect with you or um find out more about you um find your website your instagram and stuff where would you send them yep so it's shalana.serafina.weddings um i know i've got a funny sounding name but it is literally spelt as it's said shalana s-h-a-l-a-n-a -A -A. um that's where you'll find me that's where you'll find my website and if you have any questions that are social media related please feel free to let me know um i'm more than happy to help in any way that i can amazing um awesome yeah thank you so much for coming on i've really enjoyed it and again i think there's loads of good stuff in here 
Um, I have to listen back to it myself and make sure I remember it all. <laughs> well, yeah, take note. We should have said at the start, get your pen and paper out. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, thank you again. Um, and we'll catch up soon, no doubt. Yes. Thank you ever so much, Jack. Speak to you soon. So there we go. I really hope that you enjoyed and learned something from that episode. I know that I definitely did. Um, so this was actually the first episode that I've recorded since releasing any of the episodes. So it actually feels like I'm talking to people now, which is pretty awesome. Before I had uh, obviously no idea if anyone was going to listen, but you but you have. And, and I've had some amazing emails and messages from people saying some really kind things. And I am super grateful for that. But I want to hear more from you. What, what are you liking? What are you not liking? What kind of stuff do you want to hear? And who do you want to hear from? Any feedback is super appreciated. And I think together we can start growing this thing and getting bigger guests and hopefully learning loads, loads more. So if you want to get in touch, you can email me at feedback at the full-time function musician podcast.co.uk or you can send me a message on Instagram, which is at infocusrecordingco. That's a CO on the end there. Or as I mentioned on the episode on and on last week's episode, I have started a Facebook group, which you can find by searching full-time function musician community. And it's very early days there, but I think that we can grow that into something great. And lastly, the giveaway. I am running a giveaway on my Instagram account where you can win one of my showreel packages, um, just like Shalana won before, but this one is open to bands as well. Um, you can find out all the details on my Instagram, but the prize includes a day at my studio recording some songs, then a location shoot and a photo shoot as well. Um, and that prize is worth nearly a grand in total. So head to my Instagram account, find out more about that. Um, oh, and if you're listening to this in the future, then obviously it's probably finished now. So bear that in mind. Anyways, I'm sure I've taken up way too much of your time now, so I'll stop talking and I'll catch you next week for episode six. 